Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great-tasting, high-quality organic dairy ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. If you're getting ready for Christmas, I'm personally just getting ready to bid 2020 good riddance. Simon Calder, the senior travel editor for The Independent in London, will be stopping by with some holiday advice, specifically with some thoughts on the gifts you shouldn't be giving this year. And then I'll talk to the man in the rabbit suit. It's a long story and I'll let him tell it. Jason Baker from People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals and the fight he just won in Egypt. It's an important story. First up, Simon Calder. Uh, joining me now is somebody who helps out a lot of people. One of our regulars on the show, calling in from London. He's the senior travel editor for The Independent with his own special Christmas list, Simon Calder. How are you, sir? Oh, it's good to talk to you again, Peter. Uh, what a year. What a terrible year. And I tell you what, um, talking of helping people out, I bet that lots of your listeners are looking at the calendar, what, 20 days till, till Christmas Day, and thinking, ah, oh, I'd love to give those my nearest and dearest, my friends, my close, uh, my family, I'd love to give them the gift of travel. How marvellous. Something that will provide them with a bit of hope and inspiration, allow them to uh, go off and explore. And that's a wonderful idea. But please don't. And this is what I've been trying to help people with on this side of the Atlantic this week. Please don't give a travel voucher. I can think of no good reasons for giving them, and I can think of plenty of good reasons for not giving them. And oh, um, even I can... if they, they they love you on on Christmas Day, um, six months time when they're trying to trying to redeem that voucher, you're gonna they're, they're gonna start cursing you. They are people. Oh, they're gonna hate you. They're gonna hate you. That, That's yeah. you know what? Anybody listening to the show who's got a travel voucher as a result of the pandemic, you already know the boat that you're in. It's sinking a yeah. little bit because because the, <laughs> the, the clock is ticking because the voucher is based on the day you originally bought your ticket, yeah. not the day you were supposed to fly. So Simon's advice is well taken and, and I hope well heeded. So Simon, all right, you're not going to buy anybody a travel voucher, but what are you going to give? I'm going to give them a promise. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, this whole problem, uh, and it's going to come to really, really start biting this this, this problem. Um, I was, you know, pe- People, of course, can give travel gift vouchers, and I would advise you not to, because there's so many people, I reckon, across the US, probably around about $20 billion, maybe $30 billion in vouchers. These have been provided by the airlines, uh, by the cruise firms, by the hotels, um, people accepting them instead of actual cash, sometimes because they're incentivized to do so with a bonus. Um, otherwise, maybe because the the airline just said, you can't have your cash back, but we will give you a voucher. And what we're going to see, and I, I think this is going to start probably in the new year, is people who have, um, yeah, maybe they booked their trip in January 2020. And they're going to find that actually they've got to spend, they've got to redeem uh, this voucher by January 2021. And you're going to get something which I call vouchaflation, which is simply, you know, you know, in travel, the price of everything is dependent on other people's demand for it. Um, you're going to see the cost of just absolutely mainstream airfares, hotel stays, cruises just go through the roof as people try to use their vouchers before they, um, as we would put it, use it or lose it. And of course, exactly. talking of losing it as well, if the company goes out of business, as very sadly, um, as you've reported, many, many companies have done, um, then they're going to be taking your money with you. You will become an unsecured creditor and good luck with that. Exactly. I sound like a real well, no, 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 no. We're, 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 we're going to start on a down note. Then you're going to uplift us. But keep in mind that we've lost, this year alone, 34 separate airlines. We're not talking about airlines that are operating under bankruptcy and still flying. We're talking about airlines that are no longer existing. They're gone. And airlines that are still existing aren't just parking planes. They're retiring them. So it's, it's a little sad for a lot of people this year who are loyal, dedicated workers of the airlines who've been furloughed. About 50,000 people in this country have been furloughed. That's not a happy Christmas. Uh, So we have to figure out a way around that. So give me something good to look forward to, Simon. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, look, I mean, as you know, you've reported on this for decades. um, We're living in a time of fantastic, flourishing competition. So therefore, um, don't say to somebody, I'm going to give you a voucher for Airline X so you can go to Hawaii. Um, Just give them a beautiful card with effectively your own your own gift card, um, which says uh, I will um, sometime in 2021 uh, pay for your trip to Hawaii. But of course, you're free to choose the airline that appears to be offering the best deal, the best timings, stay in the hotel that you want to stay with stay in rather than a particular chain and that way the person you are giving the gift to and sure you don't know exactly where, where how much it's going to come into uh, uh, but but of course if, if they're close to you they'll do everything they can to keep the overall cost down that is a really inspiring thing um, or, or something really uh, sadly yeah. simon sa- simon sadly i didn't get your card yet <laughs> um, but, but you, you know, it, it doesn't need to be a, a great vacation in Hawaii. You can just do something like, well, um, I, I very much hope that uh, that 2021 is going to be the year that the railroads come back. So if you live in a, a city with a railroad connection, just say to somebody, I'm going to get you a 
uh, a, a rail trip from here. You choose your destination. Ch- tell me when you want to go. I'll I'll uh, I'll sort it out for you. Um, or indeed, of course, something um, just just uh, yeah, maybe a weekend in the next state. I mean, I I can't tell you how much I'm I'm missing not being with you in in Natchez, Mississippi. Uh, what what a wonderful part of the world it is. I haven't explored nearly enough. Um, I want to get into the bayou. I want to uh, explore everything I can, um, all the more so because of this year. So so give people hope, give people inspiration, but give them promises um, rather than uh, vouchers of um, dubious commercial value. Well, give them a promise you can actually keep as opposed to a voucher that's got a time limitation on it and may yes. decrease in value. That's yeah, the key. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've just... I've just been looking at the uh, the, the conditions for um, uh, for one of my favourite airlines, genuinely Ryanair, biggest uh, budget airline in Europe. Wait a second, um, wait, wait, stop right there. Wait, you're telling me that Ryanair is one of your favourite airlines? Oh no, it's it's it, no, not one of them. I, I would probably say if you, if you twisted my arm, Peter, I'd say my favourite airline, um, safest in the world in terms of the number of people flown with no fatalities, um, lower fares than anyone else in Europe, on time. Um, yeah, they don't have a great reputation for customer service, but uh, uh, I, well, <laughs> I was I was waiting to get to that. Yeah, yeah, but but look, I mean, <laughs> but I know, but you know what? Wait, know I, I, wait, a, wait a minute. I know you. I know you'll show up there with a backpack and a, and and a, and a half a sandwich, and you'll be okay. I know you. Yeah, yeah, of course, yes, yes, yes. But you, you know, the holy trinity of aviation: first, safety; second, price; third. Um, punctuality. That's 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 all there is to it, isn't it? And um, uh, and don't forget the half very, sandwich. Very on the yeah, and, and yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. So so, but I do. I have been very very highly trained um, by the rules. It's uh, over twenty five years since I first flew on Ryanair, and they've trained me well. Um, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, sorry. I certainly wouldn't recommend anybody buys that. I, I would certainly recommend people fly on Ryanair. Maybe when they're over in Europe. Um, uh, my flights this uh, this fall have been typically ten twenty dollars each, um, uh, but they uh, have all kinds of conditions applied. They charge you a couple of bucks just for selling you a gift voucher, which um, uh, is going to restrict you to them. Uh, that they, they um, allow you to book flights for other people, but one of those people traveling must be you. They don't allow you to change the name, however much you pay, and so. No, that that uh, you know, travel is a wonderful gift, but uh, don't be don't be persuaded that this is the way to uh, to, to reward uh, those you love the, the 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 most deeply because you never know they might stop loving you quite so much um, <laughs> when when they're uh, desperately thinking hey we could have gone on airline X. We've been talking to the senior travel editor of the Independent in London, Simon Calder. Wish I could see you in person, but the uh, the quarantine is still in effect. Uh, hopefully that'll end next year and I'll be able to come across the pond, as they say, and see you. You know, one of the things that that uh, I wish for for Christmas is more transparency in advertising, more mm-hmm. transparency in telling the truth about your condition, whatever that condition is, a hotel, an airline, a cruise line, uh, and then involving more and more of your customers in the actual process so they can actually appreciate the product. Right. Tell me more. Tell me more. I mean, surely uh, we've been used as travelers to the um, uh, big corporations telling us what we want. Oh, yeah. But what I'm talking about, Simon, is, 
you know, you go to a hotel and, you know, they put the little card on your bed saying, you know, please let us know if you don't want us to wash your sheets. Yeah. I love the hotel that comes to me and goes, hey, listen, let me take you down to the laundry and show you what one of our big washing machines looks like and you'll understand. <laughs> yes. And then all of a sudden I go, yeah. I get it now. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to be the king of phosphates, you know. Uh, yeah. I just think uh, that, you know, because we're coming into another year where we'd like to think that people are still focused on things like responsible travel, sustainable travel, things that we sort of lost sight of in the last nine months because of the pandemic. Yeah, um, of course, an awful lot of good things have happened to the planet. I mean, we were talking earlier about how very sadly uh, airlines have been retiring aircraft. And I know that you and I will see the last British Airways uh, 747 jumbo jet flying off into the sunset to, uh, I think, I believe, Victorville, California, the aviation graveyard. And we'll, we'll feel sad, but actually... Um, from from a, a planet's point of view, I mean, what what uh, uh, what British Airways has been doing is running effectively uh, the equivalent of I don't know a 1994 um, Oldsmobile um, uh, because it's all paid for and yeah, the uh, uses a lot of gas, um, creates quite a lot of noise and and uh, uh, exhaust. Um, but uh, you know, people seem to be happy and. Um, and and you know you just just pay for it and they, they although they have- although in the Christmas spirit Simon what is British Airways also doing and this to me is sort of it's sentimental but it's also sad they've been selling off the silverware of course they have yeah you've got to sell everything um why not I mean the the, the uh, first class isn't necessarily dead but um, there's going to be an awful lot less of it because of course I mean one of the things that um, is going to benefit the the uh, the planet is that there is not going to be so much real estate on an aircraft devoted to the premium classes, to first class, to business class, even to premium economy. Um, that that those those uh, kinds of uh, products which have been largely bankrolled by corporations rather than individual leisure travellers, um, they're just going to shrink, and that's good because. You know, if you pack more people onto an aircraft, the impact per person is lower. But back to your original example, I absolutely agree about that hotel. And one of the things I really like doing on cruise ships is having a word with the, one of the officers and just say, look, I'm really interested in just kind of understanding a bit more about how this works, how the kitchens work, how the boiler room works, just getting to, to know how this, this works. So next time you're on any kind of uh, cruise ship, yes. or indeed, as you say, in a hotel, just say, well, you know, I'd, I'd love to find out more. And very often I find that they are absolutely flattered to know that you care and you're interested in, in their, their daily lives. Listen, one of my favorite things to do on a cruise ship is to get a tour in the galley when it's busy, not when it's empty. A tour <laughs> of the bridge when they're coming into port, when it's busy, not when it's empty. Ooh, and I have, to, but- I have to correct you on one thing, Simon. You don't ask about the boiler room. It's the engine room. Oh, <laughs> the so boiler sorry. room okay. goes back to the Titanic. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. But, but I would imagine I, 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 that, that, that um, there's possibly an advantage to being Peter Greenberg when you're saying, I want to be in the middle of the kitchen just as the, the start of the dinner Well, you service. know what, though? It's not, it's not about that. You ask any chef in a, in, a, mm-hmm. in a land-based restaurant, hey, can I come see the kitchen? Yeah, come at 3 o'clock when there's nobody here. Who wants to do that? <laughs> I want to see it when they're going absolutely out of their minds at 7.15 on the line with people juggling trays and, and glasses and stuff coming hot out of the oven. That's how you yeah. understand if the restaurant works or not, it, yeah. when they're under stress. 
yeah exactly and you can you can tell who's 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 keeping up and who isn't but uh, i mean I, I've, I, I've been on as i know you have a few ex- exhibition ex- <laughs> I've been on a few expedition ships in, in yes. the uh, Arctic, in the Antarctic, and my goodness me, those people earn their keep, and uh, they certainly much, do. Much kind of easier to, to kind of get behind the scenes with them. Well, and how about I, this? Try try serving a meal, uh, traveling to the Antarctic through the Drake Passage. Any <laughs> waiter that can serve a meal, going through the Drake Passage on one of those ships, I mean, yeah. basically, probably now works for Cirque du Soleil. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what these guys can do and what these women can do. It's a balancing act that is uh, really hard to match and quite an interesting ballet. And then you want—that's when you want to see it happening, not when the sh- when the sea is calm. But you know, it's like going to see the juggler during a during a rough sea. <laughs> it's like yeah. that's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> My thanks to Simon. The next time you visit Thailand, you might be lured to visit an elephant sanctuary. But just because it's called a sanctuary, is it really doing good work? If you're in Cairo and headed to the pyramids, are you tempted to go horseback riding out in the desert in Giza? Well, that won't be happening anymore. Just two of the stories I'll get into with Jason Baker from PETA. And yes, he'll explain the rabbit suit. When you travel as much as I do, uh, sometimes... You take a lot of things for granted. Sometimes you see things and look at it in not the proper perspective. And what am I referring to? The treatment of animals overseas, uh, whether it's elephants in India or horses in Egypt or mammals. I mean, there's just so many things to talk about that do need to be changed. And at the forefront of that is PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And recently, uh, they were able to get some really, some really great changes done in Cairo. Now, it's interesting for me because I've been going to Egypt for 40 years. And when I first went there, one of my great thrills was getting up at four o'clock in the morning, getting out to the stables in Giza, getting on a horse and riding out into the desert to watch the sunrise come over the pyramids. It was probably my best photo op moment. It was emotional. I'll never forget it. However, and whether however comes in is with our next guest, Jason Baker. Uh, Jason was recently uh, basically strategic involved in getting the rules changed, uh, not just for the horses, but for the camels. Uh, and Jason, to be able to do that in Egypt, where those animals are a huge source of income, uh, was not an easy task. No, it wasn't. Um, you know, for, for some background, we had been getting complaints. This, this, we did this investigation uh, documenting the treatment of, of horses and camels there last year. And we'd been getting complaints uh, just so often. And, and I had been there myself, and I have been going to Egypt as well for 20 years, and I love it. Uh, but but we, we were asked to look sort of behind the scenes, look at what's going on on the side roads, look at look under the saddles even. And uh, so what we found was, it was animals who had no food or water all day long uh, out there in the burning sun, and when these exhausted animals fell down, they would literally just be beaten mercilessly until they got up. And we documented this over and over. And what we did was we, we always try to give a solution. So we put together ideas of how they could change the park. And we took this, this the, the, the video that we documented and these ideas, and we went to the Ministry of Tourism. And, and to be honest, you know, they were pretty silent. Um, but we said specifically we, we need 
even just even as a tourist, having been there and having knowing how to get around, it would be better if there was a hop on, hop off electric bus that could take you to the different spots in Giza. So that's what we put in. That's what we thought was best. And two weeks ago, they announced that they're they're changing. They're they're getting the animals out of the park. And I actually think this is. Is, it's not only big news for the Middle East, but just specifically for Egypt, more people are going to want to go when they know there's not this abuse, when they know it's easier. It was just a smart, I think, economic move that also is helping animals a lot. And congratulations on that. It's it's great for the animals. And of course, you've got mm-hmm. to basically repurpose the people who own the animals so that they have some kind of revenue to be able to understand on their own that there's another way to do these things, right? Right, exactly. And that's why I think the, the, the I mean, they're, they're changing more in the park. But what's going to happen is when you make it more tourist-friendly, there's more jobs. Uh, we, you know, we know that from, from other places we've worked in, too. And so I think that, I, I think that you know, the country's changing. It, it's developing. Using animals to pull carts is going away. And, and so it's changing to electric carts. It's changing to, 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 to different, different modes still within the park where, where people can make money. And, and I, think this, I think this is only a positive change for, for the economics and for the animals. Yep, I couldn't agree more. And then, there, of course, there was the experiences that I've had in India, in Sri Lanka, and in Thailand. I remember going to Thailand in 1986, and it was not considered unusual at all for the hotels to bring elephants into the lobby of the hotels or in front of the hotels to, to give people rides. And I'm sure we've all seen the pictures, uh, which is really sad, of the elephant that was being used to uh, to paint pictures on the streets of, of Bangkok. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And... Once, once again, you know, we did see the start of elephant sanctuaries, but it gets down to a different definition of terms, I think, as to what constitutes a sanctuary. If I'm going to go to a sanctuary, should, does that mean I'm going to a sanctuary to ride an elephant? I don't think so. Do you? Right, right, right. I mean, so, so I remember these times 20 years ago, 30 years ago, too, when, when an elephant was on every tour, and it has changed. And a lot of that has to do with tourists demanding change people speaking with their wallets and i can't tell that can't stress that enough that's really been that's been the push in change um but yeah you have to look i mean and and it's a good thing i think that they're seeing elephant sanctuary as a as a marketing tool now a lot of them are fake so yeah you do have to look if they're using bull hooks don't go if they're offering rides don't go if they're letting you even wash them don't go there are some good elephant sanctuaries there. There's one um, Boonlot Elephant Sanctuary. I think people should should Google it and look it up because it's amazing. They have a, a year waiting list because you basically go to just this peaceful oasis with elephants. It's, it's an amazing trip. Um, and there's a few other ones. But, yeah, I mean, people are always going to try to trick you. They're always going to try to tell you whatever you want to hear to get your money. Um, so, so ask some questions. Look into it. Um, if you think you've been been tricked, contact PETA. You know, we'll look into it. We'll see how we can change or we can push. Um, it, it, the changes are happening, though. So the, it is. It is. Well, it well, is good. Yeah. There are companies like. We, we, there's companies like. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm saying we've seen the changes happening slowly, but definitely you can, it's palpable change in countries like Thailand. What about India and Sri Lanka? Yeah, they're moving slower, uh, much slower. There, there is a. A real problem with elephants in, in Sri Lanka. There's not a, a great program. We are trying to work with some people right now. I just, in fact, read, read some emails this morning 
um, because they're they're encroaching the, the the cities are encroaching on their the natural habitat, and so it's 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 causing some human elephant conflicts. Similar with India, um, part of it has to do with corruption, um, but there is one uh, decent sanctuary for elephants there, and the, the animal welfare laws are good. The problem is there's just no uh, there's no strong penalties. It's a dollar or two for, to to break animal welfare violations there. So there's there's you know I, I'm, there's progress. I, I'm reminded, Jason. I'm reminded in Thailand of a law that was well intentioned, that basically said you couldn't own a hotel with more than let's say 60 rooms without providing housing for your employees, without providing for gray water and black water, recycling systems, et cetera, et cetera. And then you'd see these 300 room hotel resorts uh, pumping raw sewage into the bay. And how are they allowed to get out uh, away with that? Because they took those 300 units and sold them off in parcels of 59 units each so they could get around the law. So we really have to also focus, as you say, yeah, on the enforcement it, it, and the interpretation true. of the law. It's true. It's true. And, yeah. and, 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 and I have to really go back to the, the tourist dollar, too, because what really puts them in their place is when tourists won't go, when they won't pay for it, when they tell their hotel that they didn't like something that happened or their tour guide. You just you know, this, this, this Egypt victory comes after nearly half a million emails went to the Ministry of Tourism. So they are listening. And, and, and now we're having to look at Petra because they're feeling tons of pressure from what Egypt has done. Because they have this, you know, this four-and-a-half-mile walk to these 900 steps where they have or donkeys carrying people. the donkeys. And those donkeys, yeah. I have to tell you, they're the hardest-working donkeys I've ever seen. They, they uh, are the hardest-working donkeys. They really are. I hope you, you succeed in that as well because uh, I think there's some lessons to be learned there. We're talking to Jason Baker from PETA. Jason... When we come back, one of the things I want to open up with you is, you know, how we can vote with our wallets, how we can make our voices heard, not just when we travel to to Asia or Africa or South America uh, or Asia, you know, to any of those locations, but also within the United States. We have we have a lot of problems we got to solve here as well. So when we come back, I want you to think about that. And then also, are there places that are doing a great job, like the elephant sanctuary you mentioned in Thailand, that we can visit and we can immerse ourselves in and learn from in the United States. Because when I went back to, 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 uh, to Asia about a year ago, there were five or six different sanctuaries that were recommended to me. And quite frankly, they all sounded great. And it was only when uh, a friend of mine, it wasn't me, it was a friend of mine that said, hold on a second, let me do some additional checking we ended up ruling four of them out because it was so touristic that all the concerns that you had about the treatment of animals were just not being followed. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you did that. And uh, yeah. Well, Absolutely. I'm glad my friend did that. <laughs> yeah, he woke exactly. me up. We've been speaking to Jason Baker, the Senior Vice President at PETA. Jason, before I go any further, I have to ask you about the rabbit costume. Yeah, um, the rabbit costume. Um, that was something, uh, that was a while ago. I, I followed Al Gore around when he had this ridiculous, uh, animal testing program that he wanted to do, which was going to torture millions of animals. And, um, so everywhere he went, I went on his, um, in his election campaign. At one point, I think I showed up 
at a small airport in Virginia, and the Secret Service walked over and said, okay, who's Jason Baker? I knew at that <laughs> point, it's probably not a good sign when the Secret Service is asking for you by name. Well, and they knew you were the rabbit. Yep, they did. They did. So, so what yeah, happened? I, uh, but you actually got him to change, didn't you? We did. We did. So it was originally, I think, supposed to be about 4 million animals. And from pressure from PETA, it was brought down to somewhere around 80,000 animals. Still not good, but, uh, you know, the, the, the pressure worked. Uh, it was it was really poorly thought out. Um, a lot of companies were, fi- were fighting it. Um, there was politics involved, so companies couldn't speak up like we could. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it ended in a, in a partial victory and, and uh, forever known as the rabbit boy. And, <laughs> yeah. Right, and, and, and wait, uh, honestly, where- there Okay, Rabbit Boy, was, where's the co- where's yeah. the costume today? Uh, I think that has long since been buried. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. When when you work for PETA, you know, doing silly things to grab people's attention, it's just sort of the everyday. So the the I mean, the reality is, you know, I dressed as a priest in Mexico City. I dressed in uh, diapers in Atlanta. I dressed as Cupid in in uh, Boston. There, you know, my level of self respect is not very high. So, the man, with, the, the man uh, with no shame, Jason Baker, all right. Yeah, yeah. All right, but now let's get serious for a second because we're back in the U.S. now. We talked about what was going on in, in Egypt, what was going on in Asia, uh, what was going on in parts of the Middle East. Uh, what about the United States? What, what do we need to know about as we travel across this country? Because as you can imagine, especially during the pandemic, most of us are not going to be going overseas. We're going to stay within the 48 continental United States. So what do we need to know? Well, there's a few things. If you see a roadside zoo, just keep on driving and leave them alone. There, the level of violations that Peter goes through. I mean, there, there, there may be some fantasies about Tiger King, uh, but the reality is that Peter has been prosecuting most of those uh, facilities in, in that show and facilities like it around the wor- around the country. So, so, so the, the the biggest thing is, is don't use your wallet to support these terrible places. Keep going. But you have to be an educated consumer. And you had talked before about these, these sanctuaries that were recommended to you. You really do have to, to, to use Google. I mean, even I do it. And I have these, these huge resources of PETA behind me. But before I go to a place, I check it out. I see if these things you know, seem legit because there is a marketing these days to tell you what you want. We call it greenwashing. They make everything sound eco-friendly and animal-friendly, and it may not. So you you, you keep on moving. You look at at travel sites. Expedia has done a lot to get rid of bad animal attractions, both in the United States and around the world. Uh, The world's biggest travel site is called Sea Trip. It's it's China-owned. They have gotten rid of a lot of of terrible attractions as well. So yeah, you just you educate yourself. You don't go to SeaWorld because they're, they're, they're not there to help animals. You, and you, you look, most states have some kind of an animal sanctuary, and they'll have events, and they'll have, that you can go to, and, and, and they're fun, and I take my son to them. They're, they're, they're usually designed for the family, and, and they're nearby. Now, of course, Jason, uh, Ringling Brothers is no longer with us. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. of any other major traveling circuses that are out there anymore, and that's largely, of course, because of a lot of the work that you did. Yeah, we had a campaign going against Ringling Brothers for 20 years. Uh, there's also just been a whole level of, of education, of, of teaching people what is happening to these, these animals, tigers who live in cages. As, in, 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 as they go from city to city, they don't get to do things that are natural. They don't get to, to live with their young. So as, that has been a sea change. It, it's resulted in people not wanting to. They want to go to Cirque du Soleil instead. And, and Cirque du Soleil has been, and, and those types have, have really 
benefited from an um, from the animal free uh, tourism and animal free shows, and, and and we continue to push that. Although I have to tell you something, Jason. I don't know if you know this, but the performers at Cirque du Soleil—they're forced to live in cages. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you know, the pandemic has done a lot to change things. That Cirque du Soleil is suffering right now too. Yes, they uh, are. One of my hopes. One of my hopes in looking at these attractions in the U.S. and around the world is that there is some retooling being done, and that they take this time. And, and I think some are. I think what has happened in, in Egypt is, is a result of, of thinking, okay, we're not going to have a lot of tourists for the next year, so let's let's knock some stuff down, rebuild the roads. Uh, I think that potentially that's going to happen in Petra. I'm hoping that Thailand is doing that. I'm hoping that a lot of attractions in the U.S. are doing that. My thanks to Jason and to Simon Calder. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast. For interviews with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for breaking travel news, and there's no shortage of that, just log on to petergreenberg.com. Hey, Prime members, Peter Greenberg here. You can listen to Ion Travel ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, and you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. And before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com. Hey, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, and it is tournament time, people. So listen to the one podcast that will cover every upset, Cinderella, Bracket Buster Sleeper. We've got it all covered, every round, reaction shows, all the way up through the championship game in Glendale, Arizona. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.